0: out there still, you know, so you we know. don't Now let's all stand with sing number uh, 206. 206. Wonderful grace of Jesus. 206. Sing all three stanzas. Wonderful grace of Jesus, greater than all my Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Number 210, pages over 210. We'll sing, Safe by the blood.
1: Emily Anderson, Houston uh, by the 5th. Um, The 5th was our appointment. We got a phone call from Emily Anderson uh, last Friday just reminding us about check-in process. And um, on that same day, we had made reservations for a hotel to be in town until we found an apartment. And so everything was going to be go. And then um, she got feeling really bad. And um, I think, I wrote everything down, but it's kind of, rather than all the details, just to give you a broad picture, is that she, we, we got back to the ER because she had fluid building up her abdomen and had to be drained. We didn't know what's going on, so we went back to the ER, um, had a drain. That was last Wednesday, but we were in before that. She had have been there like every day. And so, uh, had that drain, uh, observation, everything, and proper oncologist. But before that, she and I were talking after she got the two and a half pounds of water drained she was really tight with the drum and didn't know what's going on. So uh, we were talking as she was lying there on the bed and I said we should go get treatment here right away rather right than wait another ten days or so. And that's the reason for the change. So we're not gonna go to MD Anderson in Houston, but we feel good because the oncologist here has strong ties with MD Anderson, so they collaborate a lot. And uh, my my thought was and others were uh, well they have a whole team of these people specialize in different kinds of cancers. And so that was a real attraction. And then I thought the other night, well, do we not have internet? Do we not, do we not communicate in real time like that? Well, yes we do. And so that plus the fact that she had that treatment sooner than waiting, we decided to just do it here. And uh, in a way it's better because we have a lot of help here. Kristen has been great and everybody else. And so um, she got the uh, chemo Friday night. First treatment of chemo Friday night. And it began at 6.30, uh, after, before that they gave a lot of fluids. And then 6.30 was, I think, a, a one hour one. And then after that, more fluids and so on. And then uh, the last one, 30 minutes, finished at 11 o'clock. So first one, the next day she is feeling great. She has sleep, she has a private room now on the 7th floor, at, uh, Queens. And so, uh, but she still has pains over here, things like that. and. Um, um, there are three concerns that the uh, oncologist has and they're monitoring that and uh, she will not be released. In fact, he said we don't need to going home too soon just to come back to the argument ER, and go through the whole process uh, as if she's a new patient and so that'd be too much to do. And so they're monitoring her for three things. One is your platelets are low, your white blood cells are up, and um, the ascites, I think that's the right name for that um, bloating, uh, leaking, the fluid, thing that. So they're trying to monitor that too, and so uh, those three things have to be under control before she can go home. First, it was you go on Friday, and then it was, you go know, Saturday, and it's like oh, wait, this And I said, you know what? I don't want to go now. I don't want to go now. I just have to come back because I don't know to do if something happens at home uh, when it comes to the different things. So they do a lot of drug draws to monitor all of that, uh, and so that's an update. So the biggest change here is that we're not going to go to Texas. Because we need to get treatment faster. Do you all understand that? Okay? All right? And uh, you folks who donate through, I was going to say, uh, yeah, it's not GoPro. GoFundMe. <laughs> 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 GoFundMe. Uh, I hope you don't feel like this is being a switched switch because it is not. Uh, We're just getting treatment faster, just so you understand that. And besides that, other people have just sent things in the mail from unknown places. Uh, and so, all that is going to be used to pay bills. It's already come in. Can you believe that? They want to be paid. <laughs> ER wants to be paid. Queens wants to be paid. And we're able to pay because we have money to pay. And so We appreciate all your help. And especially your prayers. Very encouraging. Yeah. Let me encourage you ladies to send her a text. She won't answer text right away, but send her a text. So when she wakes up, she'll see all this text coming to her. Do that. Send her a text. Don't assume she knows that you're praying for it. But to care for it. Send her a text. Okay? okay? Now, uh, if you visit, you're welcome to visit. Mm-hmm. Don't bring in Clareton. They're trying to discourage those kind of things. Um, she has some, pretty much she can eat anything she wants to, I can give her stuff. She wanted the Zippy Simon of all things.
2: <laughs>
1: Twice. And then today, she called, she texted me last night. Can you bring me a McDonald's bacon, not bacon, but sausage, egg, and biscuit? <laughs> she just likes the biscuit. She's a southerner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she said that twice this week. I think Chris would give her yogurt uh, with blueberries and uh, different kind of things and homemade bread. You know, and sometimes she doesn't eat it. Sometimes she does. But uh, we appreciate all the prayers and the help. Okay, so that's the update. So we're staying home. We're not going to Texas, but our daughter's coming here to see us. How about that? Yes, now God made a way for them to come. Really. Amen. Really, really. I'm not footing her bill. They're not footing her bill. Somebody else is, gladly. Uh, not long ago, about three weeks ago, I used the verse, I think it was on Sunday. I remember it because Keith came up to me and said, that's exactly what you could hear. It was about opportunity. and you therefore have opportunity, it doesn't be good to all men. That verse, I did not realize, there were some people in this world that have opportunity to help. And they stepped up, they heard about the situation, um, besides helping us, helping Randy with her pills, um, they said, you know, have any for fly. When they heard we're not going to go, they said, have her fly the whole time. I said, what are you talking about? Yeah, we'll pay for it. <laughs> they must not be Chinese. <laughs> oh,
2: no. Uh, they must not be
1: Chinese. But, uh, must be the good Chinese. Must be the good Chinese, yeah. <laughs> so the tickets have been paid for. They gave them some spending money. It's not God's. Amen. So, Osman uh, also want to say something. Uh, we we pay all of these things through a group called Samaritan Ministries. There's Medishare, Samaritan Ministry, Father it's Brotherhood They are Christian sharing ministries. There's a whole lot of people across the country about two hundred thousand, I think, in this Samaritan. We pay not a premium. We pay every month through this program. It's cheaper than paying for insurance. And so we, have, we began paying 400 a month, it's now up to 700 a month because of more demands of sharing. And so we're part of that group. So they, we, we pay what we can, so your donations and GoPro, GoPro <laughs> <laughs> GoFundMe, GoFundMe will pay what we need to pay. And then they will deal with the hospital, the ER, everybody every we submit to them, and we will get reimbursed. So all the members in across the country, all 200,000 more of them, we will receive checks made to me or to Rand in the mail. And it's individual checks on individuals or families. Individuals have a certain amount, families have a certain amount, they all assign the amount to cover the entire bill. It's not insurance. It's hard to extend it to the hospital because they don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. And so we know that it works because when I had a procedure done seven years ago, they paid every penny of it. So it took less than six months. That's not too bad. And so that's what we are in. And so um, just want to explain that to you. Uh, it is a real blessing. And uh, great Christian group they pray for us and others. And so uh, they keep, these kids keep coming in, but thank God we're part of a program. And so anybody who has donated to go um, fund me, uh, go pro, and uh, those have given, you know, I'll go through it. These things here and other related out of pocket expenses. You know, parking's expensive. I stayed there a long time, ten dollars here, ten dollars I leave and come back because if I go past a certain house, it's twenty dollars. You keep one minute over a certain eight hours. And so I just go up, come back, and then start over again. And so I don't mind doing that, you know, because I uh, don't mind but uh, a lot of out-of-pocket things that is involved. Less for sure than being, having to get a hotel and you know travel and car, all the time. But that's where we are and we're happy to be here doing it. Uh, Dr. Halalai, Halalai, everybody has high regard for him, everybody. And so we feel very confident in what we're trying to do and all the other doctors in the hospital, the hospitalists, whatever. They are just so good, the nurses are so good. Um, everybody's been so good, except one now. Well, but I won't mention that. <laughs> so I'd like you to continue praying for it. We have some business today. Uh, by the way, before I mention that, uh, there is some stuff in the back there, behind Carmen. It's a uh, birthday, first birthday for Brother Arch, First Brother Arch, a yeah. little girl sitting on um, mommy's lap. Yeah. Uh, I can't even pronounce her baby's name. Aija. <laughs> i Elijah, Elijah. Yeah. I see it all the time, but I can't say it, it's, it's, too, it's too, it's too Caucasian, um, but it's her first birthday, You saw it go on to both, and I'm not going on for two weeks, because, you know, but uh, all that is there, so there's a bunch of little things, it looks really good, so um, I suggest that, I suggest that you leave me about 10, <laughs> i take you to the hospital, you can have a rest, okay? so happy birthday to Elijah. Uh, Elijah. Right Now we have some people visiting from the mainland. We're always happy to have visitors locally and from the mainland. Americanized, uh, this is uh, Pastor, this is uh, uh, Yates from Minnesota. And uh, they live close by to where my in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. But they say that they're closer than Michigan. Mm-hmm. And they could be. And then we have Brother Adam Fierro right here. He met you several so years back, I think, in New Mexico. Works with uh, uh, Native Americans. Is that what you call them? This is it the Portloups? The Name is Portloup. Yes. Yes. Nice to meet you. And uh, there was another couple here, and then uh, a young man from the local side of things. Uh, and then of course, brother here, so and so been coming around for a little while. You. What's I'm so you. Right you? Uh, Sam. Brother Sam. Yes, brother Sam. So <laughs> brother Sam. Brother brother Yates and brother Viarook. Um, now you are. Missionaries or pastors, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. How many years have you been Bill Yates? Thirty. Thirty years. Okay. A veteran pastor. Seen <laughs> a lot, been through a lot of schools. Yeah, we're we're on the Ojibwe reservation as well. Oh. We're
3: having a Native American conference today. Okay. <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, are
1: you here it's for bad. reparations? Uh, <laughs> all right. We're glad you folks are visiting us. I'd like to ask you, you men pastors, you three would you do something for us and for me and for my wife? Would you pray that God would help her? Yes. Brother, you start, you finish, please. you
2: here, the i going to my i my my the the should be nothing at the same time. In the in the and the Chino, and wanted this the Pushkabula to the Hitler. Ignanica, uh, imitating a chinook, uh, much in the Pushkabula, in you want me to worship worship the love you got, Jesus Christ no? mm-hmm.
3: know, you Amen. Amen. To God only Father, Lord, we thank you and praise you for this time we gather on you and gather on your word, Father. Thank you for each one that's come out, ask the blessings on each, Father. Lord, today we, we pray out to the great position that you are, Father. Mm-hmm. We ask uh, your healing be, be with this, be with this pastor's wife, Father, and yes. need to watch over and protect. Father, we ask your hand blessing. We have the doctors and ministers will them, give
1: them wisdom and guidance beyond their years. Father, we just praise you and thank you, and, and, and all that you do, and things that's still to come. We, we, we give you honor and glory, and Father,
3: thank you, Lord. We thank you
4: today for bringing us to this place and this time and this moment where nothing's done by accident. Lord, we thank you that God we have the opportunity to set in such a wonderful place and with a group of people obviously we love the pastor and our pastor's wife. Lord we don't always know the reasoning or the the things that are behind the scenes God that's for you to know. Ours is to trust you and Lord to believe that in faith that God you have all of this under control. Lord I pray this morning for the pastor's wife and Lord I just pray that you lay your hand on her and today you give her an extra dose of grace and Lord that you will lay your hand to her as the great physician Lord, we know that you do things that we cannot do. Lord, we can't even begin to think about how that you do things within your power and your mercy. Lord, I I know that, Lord, this preacher, I'm sure his mind wanders as he's thinking about his lovely bride that's there in that place. The Lord's under this stress. But, Lord, I I pray today that you give him, Lord, grace to know that she is in the best of hands. And, Lord, that you will do exactly what you promised us to do. And, Lord, that's your will that you will accomplish. I thank you, Lord, for leading us to this church and to these people. I thank you for the men that are here, that are on the reservations. Lord, we know each other. Lord, there's a bond amongst us. And, Lord, I thank you for what you have done and what you are going to do. Bless the preacher this morning who preaches the message. And we'll give you the praise and honor. Precious Lord, Son of Jesus.
1: Amen. Amen. Uh, would you, three gentlemen, before you leave today, uh, stop for just a second? I have something to tell you. Okay. It's good. Okay. and you. I need you to be part of that too. Okay. Um, what else can I say now? Oh, uh, when I'm at the hospital, we don't just look at each other. Um, uh, the Lord gave us a real emotional relief. One of these. It was on Saturday. She, we don't ever, ever turn her TV on. If we do, it's about to watch how to destroy a home or build a home, you know, those <laughs> TV kind of programs. And so that kind of brought some relief and some uh, distraction. And then she turned on one time to the CBC, and you know what came on? Now, I don't know what you think about this. You might be offended, but don't be. Many years ago, in the 80s, we saw a program. It was called The Princess Bride. Now, I am not telling you anything except this was what we were able to see and get a good laugh out of that. The Princess Bride came on, and she said, Ah, it's the Princess Bride. And we had such a good laugh about that. And it was just like so nice to just relax just for a few seconds. you know. So that was a blessing. Now, you hyper-spiritual people, look at me and say, well, That is not Christian. Well, I'm not Christian, but, you know, we're learning that God does different things to help His children in strange ways. And so, I'm not going to play in church, all right? I forget that idea. We're not going to have any drums in church. We're not going to have any rock and roll. No, we're not going to do that, but it was just a blessing to see that. It was just a good relief. Uh, By the way, um, I want to read a verse to you that we read together, one of three passages in Psalms. So, would you turn to, um, I'm not reading, I'm just telling you, Psalms chapter 121. Psalm one hundred twenty-one, and then I want you to turn to also also turn to Psalm sixty-one. If you have the skills to hold those two chapters in your hand, that's really good. First, Psalm one twenty-one, the first four verses. I feel like it's familiar to most of you. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills, and once come up my help. My help cometh from the Lord. We believe in doctors and medicine, but it is the Lord who is our helper, which made heaven and earth. Well, if He made everything, I guess He can fix everything. All right. Verse 3, He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will never sleep. not slumber. If you missed last Wednesday's Bible study, you missed out a real good lesson about sleep, how we need sleep. Well, just this morning, yesterday morning, I was reading this, and I realized... There is one who does not sleep. Amen. Right. Amen. We need it. We need to rest, but there's one who does not sleep or ever get drowsy. He doesn't slumber, and it's God. Amen. It's because we need him to be alert all the time, and he is. Verse 4, Behold, he, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Now, those verses really have meaning because in any situation, he is right ready to help, and he's able to help right away. And so that's where Jeremiah 33 comes into play as well. Now turn to Psalm 61 and I'll be done. Psalm 61. This was sent to us by a friend on the mainland who, uh, her husband was a pastor is now not long retired lives in Tennessee, and she sent three verses in her little note to Miranda, and this is one of them. Psalm 61, verse 1. Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed leave me to the rock that is higher than mine. And that word one is very appropriate. So thank God for his word that is so encouraging and helpful. And thank you folks for praying to Do uh, You got another song? Can I see what it is? Okay. Okay, you know what, before we do that, let's do this, we, we, uh, I, I need to, I need to shake your hand by extension of we shaking each other. Let's so of stand. He shake hands hand with our business, please. And from so another, and listen not another song. Thank you
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, if you don't have one raise your hand, we'll give you one okay. alright, let's sing this song it's not in our hymnal it's uh, Since Jesus Came Into My Heart there's a story that M- Matthew, Mark, Luke, John uh, tells and, and I think we all can relate to it the young man changed and uh, I think all of us that know Jesus Christ as our Savior relate to his life-change experience that we yeah. have when so we have the Lord Jesus Christ. So we'll sing this song since Jesus came to my heart
3: I too was seen. I And it talks about the waves like billows flowing and waves of billows of God's love. Mm-hmm. Romans chapter 15, as you turn there, I was thinking earlier this week about a place in Detroit. In Detroit. And it's called the Henry Ford, it's a strange name, it's called the Henry Ford, it's a museum. Henry Ford, of course, was the man who, who uh, not invented but developed the assembly line and put it in practice for making automobiles, making cars um, accessible uh, to most Americans. Henry Ford was a really interesting gentleman, and he said, we will make a car in any color so long as it's black. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Henry Ford in Detroit, Michigan, what, what Henry Ford did was he gathered, he wanted Americans to know about America, and he wanted Americans to know American history, and so he gathered buildings and vehicles and inventions from all over America, and he brought them to what was called Greenfield, what is called Greenfield Village, they call it the village, and so he has um, the home of uh, McGuffey, the one, the guy who made the Readers. He has his home there. He's got a, a, uh, a courthouse where Abraham Lincoln would, could very possibly have practiced law in from Illinois. He, he brought them brick by brick to Greenfield Village and he reconstructed them there. But in the Henry Ford, which is this big enclosed building, huge, huge building they have uh, displays of all kinds of machinery built in America. And so there's a, a whole section of Corvettes, and there's a whole section of the presidential limousines all lined up. You can stand on the side where the, where the Secret, Ser- Secret Service men stood on the side of, of the presidential cars. And uh, all kinds of neat stuff like that. But one of the displays, that you, if you ever get to go there, you can't miss is the locomotives. What we, you know, what kids call choo choos, the big steam train engines. And one of those, it's way in the back of the building because that's where it fits. But they actually had to uh, bring a track into the building to get that thing into this, this building. It's called the Allegheny Locomotive. It was built in 1941. It measures 125 feet in length. That's big. It measures uh, 16 and a half feet high, so it's uh, 11 feet wide, and it weighs in at 1,200,000 pounds. It was able to produce 7,500 horsepower. It could pull 160 coal cars, each one containing 60 tons of coal. Uh, that is a big machine with a lot with power. And keep in mind that this locomotive was, it was called the Allegheny locomotive because it was built to carry, to pull coal cars in the Allegheny mountains of West Virginia. Mm -hmm. If you've ever been to the mountains of West Virginia, you know that is rough terrain. That is windy, rough terrain. People don't ever see the sunrise except, you know, like late in the day because they live down in what they call the hollers, down in the valleys. And so, you know, it's 10 o'clock in the morning before you see the sun come up. And it goes down pretty early because they all live in these valleys. Now, wouldn't it be silly if someone further back on the train, someone manning one of those coal cars, if somehow he said, you know what, we don't need that engine up there to pull us. We're going to unclasp. The term in in locomotive talk is unclasp. We're going to unclasp from the locomotive. We can get on by ourselves. That locomotive is in our way. We're going to unclasp. Now, I'm not certain if you can unclasp from a moving locomotive, except, I was reading a little bit about this, except at a switch point, other than that, I don't know if you can unclasp, but would it make sense, would it be wise to unclasp from the locomotive to unhitch from that? Absolutely not. Unless you want to slide backwards or just sit still. depending on the grade, if it was a steep grade, you would slide back and some bad things could happen if you slid back down the tracks. few years back, a very famous pastor near Atlanta, Georgia, made this claim. He said that the Old Testament is the single biggest hindrance to people coming to Christ, coming to faith in Christ. And he said this, that the apostles unhitched from the Old Testament. Hmm. And he urged his church, his church has 23,000 adults and 14,000 children and teens regularly meeting across their eight campuses. In the greater metro Atlanta area. And he urged his church and all those following. And he has a whole, on their their church website, they have a list of churches that follow their doctrine. And they are all over the country and even all over the world. They have a church in Hong Kong. And he urged all of his people we need to unhitch from the Old Testament. Mm He's a famous pastor large church network so is he right no
0: nope. should we
3: unhitch from the Old Testament no nope. so, no nope. to answer that question should we unhitch ourselves from the Old Testament we're going to have a little Bible study this morning we're going to look at some some scriptures mostly in the New Testament I, I know I've covered some of this before maybe a year ago or so uh, but I've been thinking about a lot more and putting some more some more uh, material together some more scriptures and we're going to look mostly this morning in the New Testament. Because he is saying, this pastor is saying, and he's, he's standing by his guns, he's not backing down, that we should unhitch from the Old Testament. And that that's New Testament thinking. So let's see what, what the New Testament says. Let's go back to the source. If you want to know what George Washington thought, you read what he wrote. If you want to know what Thomas Jefferson thought, you read what he wrote. If you want to know what, what George Washington Carver thought, you read what he wrote. If you want to know what, what men thought, not what we think they thought, but what they thought. If you want to know what Robert E. Lee really believed, you wouldn't tear down his statues. Right. Right. You need to read what he said. Right. Right. Read what they said. So let's read what God said. Amen. And we're not going to get this, but uh, God is making up his own, his, this new story through a video through a movie series, a TV series. No, we're going to see what he said because he said in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2 and 3 that God, who at sundry times and in divers manners, spake in time past to the prophets in these last days. Now, in these last days, hath spoken unto us by his Son. So we're going to see what the New Testament says. Right. Amen. By his Son. Because the New Testament is what the, the Lord Jesus Christ, his Son, established. The New Covenant, the New Testament. Let's see what he said. Let's see what he said and see if we should unhitch from the Old Testament. And you have notes there. I put no scriptures underneath each of those one, two, three, four, ten points, I think. Just fill those in as we go through our Bible study this morning. And Father, we thank you for the opportunity to once again come to the time that we will focus our attention, our mind, and our hearts in the Word of God. I pray that you would please speak to us through this book this morning. Help us to see what you say. Help us to love your word, every part, Old Testament, New Testament, every word, Father, because that is how you reveal your Son to us, and your Son reveals you to us. So we pray for your Holy Spirit's help this morning. Magnify Jesus, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 15, verse 4, is where we're going to start. you know that I love to preach Expository. You know, I love to teach through a one passage and dig into it and pull every word out of that passage. But today we're going to be looking at several different lessons, uh, several different verses. So this is, I apologize to the Bible scholars, today is a topical sermon. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. All right. With that said, Romans chapter 15 and verse number four. Romans 15 verse four. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. When Paul wrote these words, when he said, Whatsoever things were written aforetime, what was he talking about? Scriptures. Well he says in verse at the end there, the scriptures. The scriptures. Now that famous pastor in Atlanta area, said that there was no Bible when the New Testament was being written. There was no Bible. Well, there wasn't. There weren't 66 books compiled yet. That's right, right. But it's very plain. You look, get your, get your Bible app and type in Scripture or Scriptures and search in the New Testament alone in and count how many time you see it. That's all talking about the Old Testament.
0: That's right, yes. And they had
3: a body of literature 39 books that the Jewish people recognized as the scriptures. Right. That was the Bible. Yes. Now, what did Paul say the Old Testament was written for? They're written for our learning. For our learning. The only person who would not want this would be someone who doesn't want learning. Right. Yeah. Makes me think of something else Paul wrote in this same book of Romans that they professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Yes.
0: Yeah.
3: We're in for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Listen, you take the Old Testament away, you take away patience and comfort and hope. Right. Right. Unhitched from the Old Testament? Unhitched from that powerhouse that's pulling us along? that gives us patience and comfort and hope and learning? Let's see what else the New Testament says about why the Old Testament was written. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Maybe you say, why are you getting so excited about this? Because because someone is saying that we need to get rid of two-thirds of the Word of God. So I'll try to keep calm. The spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. I'll try to keep calm and let's just go through our Bible study and look at these scriptures. We'll try, I'll try not to comment too much and just let the scriptures speak for themselves. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 6. Now these things were our examples. What things? The context. Paul was talking about what the Israelites endured in the wilderness. Recorded in uh, the first five books of the Bible, which are in the uh, Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Now these things were written, or excuse me. Now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted. Well, I guess if you don't want something to stand in the way of you lusting, then you would want to get rid of that. That's right.
0: Yeah.
3: Because something teaches us, something instructs us, something helps us to say, you know, I'm going to reject lust in my life. Mm -hmm. And it is these things. Right right here. That's what Paul's talking about. These things were written for our example. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 again. Excuse me. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 11. Please write these verses down and look at them later because we're going through them really quickly today. First Corinthians chapter ten and verse eleven. Now well, all these things happened unto them for in samples. Well, how do we know what these what things happened? Mm-hmm. Right. Unless we read them or right. hear someone read them to us from the Old Testament. And all these things happen unto them for our uh, for example, and they are written for our admonition, that is for our warning, for our instruction, upon whom the ends of the world are coming. We are living in the last days. From that time even until now, we're living in the last days. These last 2,000 years have been part of the last days, the ends of the world. And Paul said, we who are living in these last days and the ends of the world, we need this admonition from the Old Testament. It's written for our example, for our teaching, for our admonition. What does the New Testament say about why the Old Testament was written? It was written for our learning. It was written for our admonition. It was written to give us patience and comfort and hope. And you want to get rid of that? That's right. You want to unhitch from that? Okay, go ahead. Slide down the mountain, crash and burn. When the kids and I were in California last year, driving through a southern. Uh, from San Francisco down to Arizona. We passed through this mountain pass that goes to the very bottom end of I guess the Sierra Nevada's and Into Arizona and we saw a, a train derail on the side of a mountain but We didn't see it happen. Boy, that would have been something That train was just all flipped over and just collapsing down the side of the mountain turned over on its side And we're going along at you know, 70 miles an hour on the freeway and I go, whoa! The kid, Mom, Daddy, did you see that? That's why I told Samuel. Get a picture. Get a picture. <laughs> Samuel has the real camera. Get a picture. Don't derail from that. You want to unhitch from the Old Testament? But forgive me. I answered the question already. We're going to let the scripture speak for itself. Should we unhitch from the Old Testament? Let's see. Reason number, Question number two to answer the question. Uh, to the person without knowledge of the Old Testament, does the New Testament really make sense? some of you that have taught Bible studies or priests at all, you've probably met people and say, but that's Old Testament. Hmm. you heard that preacher? Yeah. But that's Old Testament. So? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Where does the New Testament say that we don't read the Old Testament? In fact, if you don't well, let's see. Let's, let's, I'm getting ahead of myself. Matthew chapter 1 verse 1. Let's look at the first verse of the first book of the New Testament. Matthew chapter 1, verse number 1. Imagine, you Bible scholars, (laughs) imagine you've never read the Old Testament, or you've never even heard it, or you don't know anything about it. Just imagine. Just pretend your brain is a a biblically blank slate. Okay? Just for a minute. Imagine. I know it's hard. Imagine. Matthew 1, verse 1. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. (laughs) And from the get-go, we say, who are they? Who's David? Who's Abraham? And then it gets worse. Mm-hmm. Abraham begat Isaac. And Isaac begat Jacob. And Jacob begat Judas and his brother. And I will spare you, listening to me read verses 2 through 16, it gives the genealogy of Jesus, the physical genealogy of Jesus, through Old Testament characters. if you don't have an Old Testament does it make sense? (laughs) I'm going to try not to tell and ask, does it make sense? Look at John chapter 3 I think I mentioned this last week John chapter 3 John chapter 3 and uh, verse, we we all know verse 16 Tim Tebow made sure we all know verse 16 (laughs) and thank God for Tim Tebow's testimony Amen. John chapter 3, we know verse 16, but look at verse 14. Because that's the context of verse 16. 16 makes no sense about 15. 15 makes no sense about 14. Not only in chronology, not only in numbers, but in counting, but in content. Verse 14, you have to have verse 14 before you have verse 15. Verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted. Who?
0: Mm-hmm. What? serpent Wilderness? Moses?
3: Who? What? And the Son of Man is going to be lifted up like that. So, if I want to know about the Son of Man being lifted up, I have to understand something about I'm looking at the Wilderness? What? Question number two is: To the person without knowledge of the Old Testament, does the New Testament really make sense? Let's stay in John for a moment, John chapter six and verse thirty-two. John 6, verses 32 through 33. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses, here's this guy Moses again. This guy Moses keeps showing up. Who is Moses? I don't know who Moses is. I've never heard of this guy. Who is this Moses? I'm being sarcastic. You know that. I'm pretending I don't know the Old Testament, right? (laughs) Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven. What bread from heaven? What is he talking about? But my Father giveth, giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Does that make any sense? If you don't know who Moses and the bread, and, and know what the bread from heaven were? The only reason the Lord used this story is because he was talking to people who knew about Moses right. and bread yeah. from heaven. Yeah. If they didn't know about bread from heaven, we wouldn't have this illustration. He would not have used that. He would not have said, I'm the bread from heaven. Because yeah. it would have made no sense. And it makes no sense if we don't have the Old Testament. Come to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. And uh, verse beginning at verse 56. Your father... Huh? Abraham? Who's Abraham? Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old. And hast thou seen Abraham? Okay, pause just for a moment. If you have not read the Old Testament, then you don't know who Abraham is, and you don't know why they're asking that question. All you could do is guess that Abraham must have lived sometime before he did. was somewhere around like 1,700 years or so, give or take (laughs) quite a while. But if you don't know the Old Testament and know anything about reading through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then the, the five, uh, 400 years in Egypt, and then Jochebed, and then Moses. Oh, Moses again, and then all the patriarchs, and then David. And you get that sense. Even if you don't know the exact timeline, you get that sense that there's a long, long, many generations going on here. You would have no clue, right? Verse 58, uh, verse 57 again. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet 50 years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I what? Yeah. I, am. Yeah. I am. Okay, so this one we're reading about Jesus in the New Testament. He's he, he existed before Abraham, who apparently died a long time ago. Okay, that's interesting. I am. What's that all about? Verse fifty nine. Then took they up stones to cast at him. Why would they do that? Because he said he lived before somebody who died all the time. What's wrong with that? Well, if you don't have Exodus chapter 3, you don't know why it's important that he said, I am. Right. Right. In Exodus chapter 3, God showed up and he said to Moses, I am that I am. Right. And the Jewish people are for, for centuries would not say that name because that is God's holy. Only God says, I am Jesus, a man, said, before Abraham was, he lived a long time ago, I was, not was, before him, I am. I am. Not I was, not I am, that, that I will be. I am. I am. And they said, and they thought to themselves, that means you are saying you're making yourself equal with the Lord God. He was. Yeah, he was. But without the Old Testament, if you don't have any knowledge of it, would any of these verses, these passages, make sense? Would these stories make sense? Question number three: it's in your notes there. According to the New Testament, what does God use his law, which is part of the Old Testament, to accomplish? According to the New Testament, What does God use His law, which is part of the Old Testament, to accomplish? Let's look at one verse in the New Testament for that. Genesis (laughs) chapter... Galatians chapter 3. What can I say? But it's been a long week. Genesis chapter 3. Christian, well, last night I preached on sleeping on Wednesday night and I haven't had a good sleep since. <laughs> Galatians chapter 3. Verse, and I last night I lay in bed, and I this funny thought came to mind. You know, you all know I have a twisted mind as far as humor goes. And I lay there on my bed and I started laughing. I said, I'm not going to get an F tomorrow. <laughs> And she came in, and I said, I don't know if I'm laughing or crying. <laughs> I'm not going to get a nap tomorrow. There's so much to do. We're getting ready for my sister to come and you know, hoping to go see mom today in the hospital, all the things. And, and I just know, usually, Sunday afternoon, I try to get a nap, but I usually don't. I'll just laugh.
5: <laughs>
3: so that's why, if, if I sound a little bit stretched, that's, that's it. But I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm never happier than when I get to preach. And uh, even if, I hope it comes out okay. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians 3 and verse 23. But before faith came, we were kept under the law. Shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Verse 24. Very, very important verse. Wherefore, the law, the law. Now generally, that is Genesis through Deuteronomy. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Genesis, Deuteronomy. The first five books. The Old Testament. Specifically, it's the moral law, the Ten Commandments. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. What did, why did God give us the law of the Old Testament? What's his, what does His law accomplish? What is the purpose of it? Some of you men, and maybe some of you ladies, have a toolbox. And in that toolbox, you have different tools that are for specific purposes. And I mentioned this, I think, last week. If I wanted to learn about how to do woodworking, I'd talk to Brother Francis. I'd ask him, how do you do this? I've watched him do things with wood and with tools that I never imagined someone could do. I think it's amazing he still has fingers, myself. (laughs) Uh, But he does, and he's built some really good things, beautiful things, some very structurally sound things, and I think, Wow. Every time I preach back there, I'm using a pulpit. He made, he built it for me. And I I think, wow, he made this for me. And uh, he has those tools, specific tools for specific purposes. Why did God make the Old Testament? For what purpose? According to this verse, at least part of it, the law was given as a schoolmaster, a teacher to bring us. To bring us unto Christ. Wow. Yep. Let
4: that
3: sink in for just a moment. Yeah. Let that sink in. God gave us this tool. Let's think of it as a vehicle. God gave us a vehicle to bring us to Christ.
4: Yep.
3: And that's a vehicle I don't think we should unhitch from. Right. Yeah.
4: yeah. It's
3: chugging along, it's pulling us, it's showing us how we need Christ, it's showing us how sinful we are. It can't save us. It can't take our sins away. The Old Testament does not tell us how to get our sins removed. It hits that. But it shows us, it does its job, it shows us how vile we are, how wicked, how sinful we are, how ungodly we are. And it brings us to our knees so that we cry out to Him and we see our need for Christ. Without the Old Testament, we don't have that. Right. That's like taking that most important tool in our tool bag, our toolbox, and chunking it. We need the Old Testament. Right. We need the law of God. Yeah. Now, I think Galatians 3, Paul might have had a verse from the Old Testament in mind, which says this, Psalm 19, verse 7, The law of the Lord is perfect, Amen. converting the soul.
2: Yeah.
3: Amen. That's what God gave to convert the soul, and the law. That's why I love Ray Comfort, not only because he has a cool accent. You know, he says that uh, he's not from Australia, he's from New Zealand. Australia is a small island off of New Zealand. (laughs) (laughs) Then he walks up to people, he's got his camera and his his little phone on his his thing here. He says, are you a good person? (laughs) You ever afraid of death? Good question. I watched like a 15 minute testimony he gave
1: wow, oh, wow.
3: And he was talking, he says, every day I go out on my bicycle, two times a day, I go down to the community college down here in my town and I, I witness to people because I love them, because I care about them, because they're going to hell. You know what he uses to show them that they're sinful? John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave them only the begotten sin. That's not about sin, doesn't it? He mentions perishing, it hits at it. But it doesn't explain anything about sin and judgment. It doesn't explain it. You have to have the Old Testament. You have to have specifically the law for that. Yeah. You ever told a lie? You ever taken anything that didn't belong to you? You ever looked with lust? You ever hated somebody in your heart? You ever taken God's name, used God's name as a curse word? Yeah, yeah. Well, according to your own testimony, you're lying, thieving, stealing, adul- adulterating, blasphemer. Yeah. How's that make you feel? <laughs> <laughs> when you stand before God on judgment day, is he going to accept you? or Where are you going to go? He's using the law as a schoolmaster to bring people to Christ. Good method. Yes, It works. Truly, it works. Not because it's some man's invention, but because he's using the law lawfully. Right. Amen. So according to the New Testament, what what does God use his law to accomplish? He uses his law to convert us, nice. to bring us to Christ. That's what he uses his law for. Question number four. Uh, how did we might just stop with this one today? How did Jesus view the Old Testament? Ah, Mr. Pastor, big pastor man over there in Atlanta says that Christianity, he also said this, Christianity is not based on the Bible. Christianity is based on the resurrection of Jesus. Ding dong, anybody home? (laughs) Uh, I know in history that there are records and mentions of Jesus supposedly rising from the dead, but nothing authoritative outside of the New Testament. So, if you don't have the New Testament, then how do you know he rose from the dead? So this man attacks not only the Old Testament but also the New Testament. So I'm not sure where he's going. I'm not sure who sent this man. I wouldn't say he's a man of God. Yeah. No. Well, let's see what Jesus said, Okay. Let's see what Jesus said. Yeah. That past. I'm- Listen, I'm- I I I know that I will never pastor twenty-three thousand adults.
5: <laughs>
3: and I'm not I'm not a minnow saying yeah, I'm gonna- I'm not a chihuahua you know nipping at the heels of a big dog just to make myself feel better. I'm. We're just simply saying, what does the Bible say? That's
4: right. Yeah. right.
3: Because we've got to, we got to face these these things that are creeping in, <laughs> charging in like a bull into Christianity. Yeah. That's right. This is accepted today. This kind of nonsense. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. We've got to, we've got to, we've got to push. The term today is push back. Right. We've got to push back against this stuff. We got to push back against this stuff. Matthew chapter nineteen. Let's see what the Lord Jesus Christ said about the Old Testament. How did he view the Old Testament? Matthew chapter 19. And that, that same pastor, he has mocked the idea of the creation story as being literal. He says, I don't know if, how God did it. I don't know if God used long ages. You can have your long ages if you want. I don't, I don't know. You don't know. That sounds like what Peter said in 2 Peter. Being willingly ignorant. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to not know. You don't have to. the Greek word is agnostic. Agnostic in English. Agnostic. A non knower. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a non knower.
1: Right. You can know. Well,
3: right. I don't know if there was really a garden. I don't know. What? I don't know if God really had two people in the garden. I don't know. Well, let's see what Jesus says. Matthew chapter nineteen. You say, "Brother Nathan, you're sounding a little bit kind of feisty this morning." Yes, <laughs> yes. I love this book. Amen. I have seen in the game <laughs> more than seen. I got my soul in this game, yes. if you want to call it right. a game. Right. If it wasn't for the Old Testament, I wouldn't know myself how much I needed the Savior.
1: Right.
3: Right. I love the Old Testament. So yes, I'm yes. If it was just a matter of dry facts and the truth, the truth, the truth, then I could just be just be, the, the Bible says this, the Bible says that. But there's skin in the game, and there's skin in the game for you too. Right.
1: Matthew chapter 19 and
3: verses 4 through 5. And he answered, oh, verse 3: The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him and saying to him, "Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause?" And he answered and said unto them. Have you not read (laughs) I want to say that to that big pastor man in Atlanta Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning. So when did God make man and
0: woman? At the beginning.
3: Were there long periods of time before them? Were there dinosaurs before Adam and Eve? Were there cosmic explosions and big bangs before Adam and Eve? He, which made them at the beginning, (laughs) that's pretty plain, made them male and female, that's pretty plain too. (laughs) And since we're talking about big pastor man over there in Atlanta, he is the same one who's hosting conferences for LGBTQ plus rainbow flag in his church. And telling his people, you know, I'm really proud, I'm really, I'm really impressed, proud of these people who are coming to church because you know the church has been so cruel to them.
5: Mm -hmm.
3: There's a church in California that is the absolute opposite of that guy in Atlanta. And he doesn't, the, the pastor there has some different opinions about some things, but as far as believing that the Bible is the word of God and we're going to follow the Bible right down the line. He's there with us. And the testimony of that church in the greater Los Angeles County area is that if you are in that LGBTQ community and you are dying of AIDS because that's where it leads. If you're dying of that and you're in the hospital, the church to call is that one because they will come and they will sit by your bedside and they will pray with you and they will show you True love. Yes. Yeah. Truth and love are not contradictory, they're complementary. Right. They yeah. go together. Yeah. That's right. And if you toss out truth in the name of love, that's not that's not love. Mm.
0: That's, right.
3: that's not love. That's right. Jesus said that he which made them made them in the beginning, made the male and female. And verse 5, and said Oh, so we know what God said? That's not, a, that's not just poetical, that's not just allegorical, that's He really said these words? And said, For this cause shall a man, a man leave his father and mother. Not his two fathers or his two mothers. Right? And shall cleave to his wife. Singular. And they twain, or those two, shall be one flesh. Haven't you read that, guys? (laughs) He's saying to them. You have the Old Testament. It wasn't called that. then. It was called the Scriptures. You have that. And and it's literal. It's foundational. How did Jesus view the Old Testament? Let's look at a few more before we finish up here. John chapter 5. Yeah, John 5. John chapter 5 and verse 47. We're trying to answer the question, if, if we haven't already. Should we unhitch from the Old Testament? We're not done with this Bible study. In fact, we'll probably just go about halfway today. But uh, let me ask you, based on the scriptures that you've seen so far, let's take a vote. Let's take a vote. Who says? Who says? Yes, let's unhitch from the Old Testament. Should we close our eyes so no one gets embarrassed? <laughs> <laughs> And just let me and maybe Brother Hugh will watch. Everyone else, close your eyes. Close your eyes. Who says, let's unhitch. Anna, close your eyes. Unhitch from the Old Testament. Go, raise your hand. Nobody? Okay. okay. Keep your eyes closed. Who says, my show, my praise, hand. We need to stay attached to the Old Testament. Okay, that looks like just about everybody and a few are asleep. Okay, open your eyes. <laughs> John chapter 6. Let's see if we can get the question answered, or John 5. Let's see if these next few verses can answer the question before we wrap up this Bible study. John chapter 5 and verse 47. Ah, uh, verse 46. Ah, uh, verse 45. <laughs> Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuses you, even... the Moses, in whom you trust. Verse 46, For had ye believed Moses, ye would have believed me. For he wrote of me? There's no question mark there, is it He wrote of me, period. But if he believed not his writings, how shall how shall how shall ye believe my words. Right. Yes. May we read that again? But if ye believe not his writings, how shall ye believe my words? Well, there's a lot going on in this this passage. There's a whole lot going on here. According to the last verse here, if you don't believe what Moses wrote, then is it possible to believe what Jesus himself said? Yeah. Right. According to the verse. Now I can think what I want, but I'm not as smart as the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, brother. Who said amen? Yes, thank you. Yeah. yeah. We're in the same boat. We're not as smart as Jesus, and we're not as smart as a lot of other people, I'm sure. But I'm definitely not. But he said through the question, if you don't believe him, then you can't believe what I say. Back up a verse, verse 46. Had he believed Moses, he would have believed me. For he wrote of me. That was Chinese. right? (laughs) My Chinese teacher years ago, 20 years ago plus, I would do this. Pointing to myself, he said, in China we do this. I said, okay. So I still do that. He wrote of me. Me? <laughs> he wrote of me, the Lord said. Moses wrote about Jesus. Now I I really I'm not trying to, to insinuate anything at all about big big name pastor man and Atlanta area. But I want to just throw out a thought for you to chew on. Is there someone who would not want you to read a book written about Jesus? Authorized by Jesus himself? Right. Is there somebody like that? Thank you, brother. You took the words right out of my mouth. There's somebody named Satan. He does not want you to read about Jesus. Right,
2: right, right.
3: At least not the Jesus that Jesus is. That he, he approved of Moses' writings. You know, the political ads will be coming out this year. I am whoever, and I approve of this message. <laughs> my name is did my teleprompter say, "Yeah"? Uh, and I approved this message. Um, and that could be anybody, okay? I'm not, uh, I'm not saying anything there. Just, uh, just throwing that out. But, but <laughs> Jesus approved of Moses' message. Amen. That's right. And he said he went so far to say that if you can't, be- if you don't believe what he wrote, then you can't believe what I said. That's right. That's important. Amen. Yeah. if you unhitch from the Old Testament, you are unhitching from at least one person that Jesus said, He wrote of me. Let's look at two more before we finish this part. Luke 24, verse 7. We're still answering the question. How did Jesus view the Old Testament? Luke 24, 24, verse uh, 27. This is after he rose again from the dead. He he met up with the two on the road to Emmaus and he gave them the world's first Old Testament uh, chronological Bible conference. And it probably lasted them an hour and a half to two hours based on the length of the time that took to walk, the, the, the Sabbath day's journey. Luke 24, verse 27. Back up. Verse 25. Then he said unto them, Oh, fools. Now that wasn't very nice, was it? (laughs) Oh, fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Where is it written what the prophets wrote? Oh, dear me, where can we find what the prophets wrote? We need to go to ChatGPT and ask AI, where did the prophets write down what they they spoke? (laughs) No, we don't. We don't need to go to the to chat GPT. It's entered right here. All right. Verse 26. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Verse 27. And beginning at Moses, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning Himself, How did Jesus view the Old Testament? He said, hey, boys, this, here it is. Uh, he didn't have Matthew through Revelation. He had Genesis through Malachi. A different order, of course, but he had Matthew through Malachi. And it was as if he said, just out of his memory, he didn't have the copy with him there. Those stayed in the synagogue. But he had it in his heart, in his mind, and he brought it up and he quoted it to them. And he said, now remember when, when Genesis, when uh for example, I don't know exactly which ones he said, but you can imagine. Remember when Noah built the ark, how many levels there were on the ark? Uh, three levels. Right, three levels. And remember what was in the side of the ark? In the side of the ark? In the side of the ark? Remember what was there? One door. One door. One door. There was one There's one door to God, and that is Christ. And remember when 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 God told Abraham to take his son Isaac to the top of the mountain and offer him for a burnt offering? And then he said, God will provide himself a lamb? You know what that was about, gentlemen? They said, no. He said, the Lamb of God, Christ is the Lamb of God and He's went through the Old Testament and he showed them all the things in the scriptures concerning himself and he must have talked fast because there's a heap of them in there
5: <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> how did Jesus view the Old Testament? do you get an idea that he would stand up to Mr. Pastor Man in Atlanta and say, that's wrong
4: yeah. Yeah.
3: and here's why right uh, On Testament, write these verses down. We don't have time today, but write these down. Mark chapter fourteen, verses sixty-one through sixty-two, and that is a it's a quotation from Daniel. And in that quotation from Daniel, he proved to the Sanhedrin, to the Jewish elders who were trying him for blasphemy, he proved to them that he believed that he was the Son of God. People say Mark doesn't, doesn't he doesn't say he's the son of God, Mark. That he did right there. If you have the old Testament to see And they knew it. And when he said that, they ripped, the high priest ripped his clothes
1: and he said, What need we
3: any further witnesses? We have heard with our own ears, we have heard the blasphemy. Because he's claimed to be God. He has made himself they said, equal with God. How do they know that? Because they had an Old Testament.
4: Right. That's right, yeah.
3: If you don't have the Old Testament, yeah. you are unhitched right. from everything that God gave to teach us about His Son. Right. Right. You throw away the Old Testament, you are throwing away the teacher that God gave you to bring you to His Son. Amen. You throw away the Old Testament, you're throwing away the thing that Jesus said was written about Him Every page of the Old Testament speaks of Jesus in some shape, way, form, or fashion. Imagine. He is on every page. Imagine. His fingerprints are all over it. Yeah. It all points forward to him. It's all about him. It's all about him. It's all about him. And you throw away the Old Testament, you are getting rid of two-thirds of God's revelation. Right, right,
0: right.
3: So what do we do with the Old Testament? What do we do? We rail on that preacher man in Atlanta. You can do that. Makes you feel better. Makes me feel better. (laughs) But that's not what we need to do with the Old Testament. Here's what we do with the Old Testament. Here are some some verses that you and I can make our prayer. Every day we can make these our prayer. Psalm 119, verse 20. My soul breaketh for the longing that it hath unto thy judgments. That's the Old Testament. Thy judgments at all times. Psalm 119.24, thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. Oh, God, give me this kind of heart to love all of it, old and new. Psalm 119.97, oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Oh, how I love thy law. There's only one person in this universe that really hates the law of God and doesn't uh, want us to love it.
4: Right.
3: It's the same person who tries to put hindrances between people coming to Christ. Yeah, that's right. And it's not the Old Testament. It's someone who wants us to hate the Old Testament. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your attitude toward the word of God? The whole thing. Old, Old Testament, Testament. Shall we unhitch from the Old Testament? No.
4: no. Shall we cling to it? Yes. yes. We love it? Yeah. Cherish yeah.
3: it? Yeah. Delight in it? Yes. Yeah. And say, Oh, God, show me. When I open this Old Testament, show me Jesus. And you'll be surprised. You keep reading. You keep reading, keep reading. Read until you see Jesus in there. Yeah, and then yeah, when it opens yeah. up, you yeah. say, Wow, this book makes sense. Yeah. Right. One last thought, man. One last thought. If you don't see Jesus in it, it won't make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. If you call yourself a Christian and it does not make sense to you because you don't see Jesus in it, I'm sad for you. You need to say, Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things about thy law, and there is nothing more wonderful than seeing Jesus in it. Amen. Amen. We're not going to unhitch. Yes. Oh. We're going to cling to it. Right. With all of our might, with all of our soul, we're going to cling to the Old Testament and the New. Amen.
5: Because so it amen. is
3: God's revelation of His Son. Amen. Amen. So Father, we thank you for the Word of God. Help us to love it, cherish it, cling to it, never unhitch, never unclasped from your book. Amen. Old Testament, New Testament. We love it, dear God, and help us to love it more and show us Jesus in it every day that we open this book. Help us to see Jesus Christ, thy Son, who died for us and rose from the dead. Help us to see him. We pray in Jesus' name.